Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors, brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes, just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Nurturing Bright Futures for this academic year. I'm pleased today to be joined by Lucy. Hi Lucy. Hi Alex, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, so later today we're going to chat to Natalie from our careers team. But first, I know there's still a way to go yet, but the summer holidays are in sight. So we're going to start with a chat about results day and clearing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm delighted to welcome Alex Delaney, our Head of Admissions at UEA. Welcome, Alex. Hello there. Good to be here. Lovely. So I know you've got lots to say. So please fill us in a little bit more about clearing and how it works for us. Sure. It's fast approaching, isn't it? Um, We are in the full throes of getting ourselves organised for this summer. But what I thought I'd do today uh, is just go right back to some of the basics and then I can fill out on a few of the developments that are happening. So just as a reminder to everybody that clearing actually does open from the 30th of June. So I think in our minds, we all focus on results day, but it is available for students if they haven't already applied to university so if they're thinking of applying directly uh, they can do so from the 30th of June onwards so there's those kind of students there's also students that have been receiving their offers or indeed sadly they might not have received any offers or they um, have decided not to accept any of them. So in essence, uh, they're not holding any offers, they've not chosen any firm or insurance choices, so they're also able to look and think about courses during the summer. We also have students who sadly at results time, things don't quite go to plan and they find that they haven't got into their firm and insurance choice and those students um, who didn't meet those conditions will also be in clearing. And I think probably that's the kind of student that we mostly would focus on today. But also there's a new development. So here we go with uh, one of the new-ish developments. It's been running for a few years, but it's known in UCAS as Decline My Place. So from the 5th of July, if a student is unconditional firm, so they have to secure their place at their university, they can choose to decline my place um, and that will default them straight into clearing. So it's a really quite big decision that can be easily done by a button that will appear uh, on UCAS Hub in their, in their application. But nonetheless, if they do have a change of heart, they can use that if they're secured a place in a, in a university to self-release or decline my place and then they're into clearing. So that's really the overview of the types of students that can that can go into clearing. Just to remind everybody that during the course of August, there are actually two embargo periods. These embargo periods mean that the universities and the students are unable to use UCAS Hub. 
UCAS will put a message up on their website and this is giving exam boards and universities time to process results. So the first embargo period is for the Scottish results, the Scottish hires, and that runs between the 1st and 9th of August. And then the second embargo period is from the 12th of August right through to the 18th of August. Clearing runs all the way through to the 28th of September. So I think that's a really reassuring thing to remind people in the heat of the moment on the, uh, on the 18th of August that um, it is a long period of time and that it does run till the 28th of September. Alex, that's been some really useful information on key dates. Thank you so much for all that information. Could I ask you if there have been any developments this year through UCAS, any changes to clearing in the application process at this end? Yeah, I think there's been a process that's been running for a number of years, but it's getting really, really good now uh, and UCAS are really refining it. There is something called Clearing Plus. So if a student finds themselves in clearing this year, UCAS can personally match them to courses that they think they'll be interested in and have vacancies in clearing. So using what they know about the student from their UCAS application and what kind of universities and colleges are looking for in a student, it will pull up for them on their UCAS hub, My Matches, and it will look at the top 50 course matches and it will allow the student to go through and tick the ones that they think they're interested in. And it will also just confirm that those um, universities still have vacancies and they are likely to be matched as well to the kind of entry requirements and the kind of results the student has. So if the student does use that tool and tick all the courses they're interested in, universities may well text uh, or phone uh, the student directly to see if they can help facilitate an offer in clearing for them. So that's a really amazing resource for teachers and advisors to signpost their students to. Um, as a follow up to that, if a student found themselves in the situation where they want to start calling through to clearing hotlines at various universities, could you talk us through a little bit more about perhaps what would happen for that student, what they should be expecting? Yeah, it's so brilliant that usually teachers and advisors are there by their side or offering that reassuring arm around the shoulder as, as the students embark in, in clearing. It can be quite fast and furious at, at the start. And I think it's really helpful where we do have teachers, advisors, their families, friends around just to keep in the background saying look at the deadlines look at the time you've got in order to make your decisions because it is such an important decision nonetheless from about eight o'clock in the morning uh, most universities will be available and the easiest thing to look for is literally their their home page their web page so if you google uea clearing vacancies it will more than likely come up with our own website and UCAS's vacancies um, that we advertise our, our clearing vacancies on. So students can start to come up with their long list or they can use Clearing Plus. And then I think it's really important to remind the students that there's a few things they probably need uh, on a notepad in front of them before they make the call. And that would be their UCAS personal ID, their GCSEs, more than likely that will be English and maths and potentially uh, science for some of those science based degrees. The other thing to obviously have is just a note of the uh, qualifications they've got from this year. 
So if they have those with them, then they can make their phone call. And indeed, lots of universities, including UEA, uh, also have a live chat functionality as well. And we're finding that if students are feeling a bit reticent and a bit worried about making a, a phone call, in the first instance, there are a team of advisors uh, at the end of live chat to walk them through a clearing offer as well. But if we take it as a traditional phone call, they'll get through to the right area of the university and then they will ask a series of questions. So it will be things like, what's your name? What's your A-level results and the subjects? And then they will do a matching process. And either in a very kind but efficient way, the university will explain that sadly there isn't a place potentially because their entry requirements or their subject criteria doesn't match. And I think it's at that point, it's really important to help encourage the student, although they've been given a decline or, you know, they've been told they're not eligible. It's the swiftest and kindest way for them to understand they need to move on to the next university because there will definitely be places for them somewhere. So rather than um, getting upset and reflecting on that decision, it's really important for them to pick themselves back up and keep going uh, and making the next call. But if they are matching, the university will give them a verbal offer. So they'll say, based on all the information you've provided, we would love to offer you a place. More often than not, the university will follow that up with an email and that will stipulate how long that offer is available for. It might be three days, four days, it might be a month, um, but it's important for the person to understand how long that offer is available to them. And the student can collect as many offers as they like in clearing. So they can collect up some offers, hopefully get the written offers and then there's a few little things to bear in mind. The first is accommodation and living. The student will know if they want to live at home or if they want to move away but not live in halls or university accommodation or they absolutely do want to live in university accommodation. So I would say as um, equal as it is to have the importance of knowing they've got an offer of a course, it's also equally important to understand if that comes with a bedroom or not. Um, so as part of that research and that understanding of what the offer entails, it's worth them noting that. Also, universities will offer often an opportunity to come and visit. And again, their offer should allow them enough time to come and see a university because of it being such a big decision. So um, at UEA, we often say, you know, you've got your offer on the Thursday and that exists until the Monday. Come and see us at the weekend so you can have a look at the bedrooms and talk to the course leads and so on. If a student feels pressured at all by the various dates and deadlines, just encourage them to call up because often universities will um, tailor or extend offers if they possibly can do so. So I hope that gives a little bit of an outline of what might happen when, when they make that call. Alex, you've offered some really wonderful advice for teachers and advisors who are speaking to those students who are thinking about clearing as an option or might need some very quick advice on the day, um, on results day, to advise students further. I know there's lots of different resources out there. Do you have any tips, Alex, on where to look for those? 
Yes, I think first and foremost, UCAS is great. Um, it has loads of different web pages, top tips, uh, little videos, handy things, both for teachers, universities, but most importantly for the students. They also have quite a useful parents area as well. I would always encourage uh, you to tell students and parents that they can call up a university at any time uh, because we are here to probably reinforce exactly the same advice that you're giving but it just allows for them to hear it from a different source. So do feel free and encourage um, students and parents to use live chat, phone calls to universities. There's always people there at the end of the phone, live chat to help advise. But also this year we're doing a clearing webinar at UEA uh, for students and parents. And, and that's going to be on Monday, the 25th of July from six o'clock. I'll be there and I'll be able to take uh, questions from the students and parents and work through any scenarios that they might be worried about. So very much looking forward to that. That's great, Alex, and what an amazing resource. We'll look forward to welcoming you back on the 25th of July. Thanks ever so much for your time and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Subscribe to our podcast now and make sure you never miss another episode. So I'm delighted to be joined by Natalie Freeman, UEA Award Officer from our Career Central team. Um, welcome, Natalie. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. Lovely. So, Natalie, um, before we get into the UEA Award and the impact that it has for our students, can you tell us a little bit more about the kind of career support students can expect at universities like UEA and how it builds on what schools and colleges might have offered in the past? Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, you know, I've been having a good think about this recently, actually, because before 2018, I'd have given you a very different answer to this. But now we've got the National Career Strategy in schools. Actually, everything that we do in university career services really does link very nicely now to what um, schools and colleges are doing in terms of careers education. So it's really interesting time um, for students to be coming to university and accessing our, our career services. Um, the first thing that I would probably say is that students really should be approaching their university career service as early on as possible because quite often they're a bit scared of us. Um, and I'm hoping now that because they've probably seen careers advisors in their schools and they've had those kind of employer engagement events, all the wonderful things that are going on in schools now. I'm really hoping that, you know, particularly from this year, um, we'll be seeing students approaching us in their first year. Um, and I know any kind of welcome packs that will be going out from universities, hopefully we'll have information about career services and we'll be encouraging them to do so. But in terms of what to expect, um, first of all, students will be able to book appointments with careers advisors. Um, and I know that I'm going to be speaking from a University of East Anglia perspective, but we do speak a lot with other career services and universities. And what we offer at UEA is very, very similar to, to what other universities offer in their career services as well. So careers advisors will definitely feature as part of their university um, career service. Um, students hopefully will have seen a careers advisor in school, so hopefully they'll have had those kind of conversations before. But what we would say is that with our university careers service, they can take those discussions further. So they will be able to obviously come to our careers advisors with things like, um, you know, can you help me with my CV? I want to apply for a job. Can you help me with that or with interview practice? But also those really nice wide general conversations as well. So, you know, what are my values? What are my motivators? What kind of careers might my subject lead to? 
So careers advisors are a really integral part of any university career service. We will also have, or they will also have um, opportunities teams that will help them with finding part-time work. Um, if they're interested in finding out about placements and internships, any opportunities abroad, now the world's opening up a little bit more as well. Um, and volunteering opportunities as well, which is something that they might not have thought about before and a lot of our employers who we work with love volunteering um, on people's CVs when they're um, considering people for applications and things like that. So it's well worth them having a look at any kind of volunteering opportunities if, if they do have the time to think about that. One thing that we offer at UEA in our career service, and I know that a lot of other career services offer, is a mentoring scheme. So if students get to the point where they've done a little bit of research on um, jobs and sectors and different roles that are available out there, if they're particularly interested in anything specific, then they can go to this service and say, can you find me a mentor, please, who I can speak to? And that mentor will be an employer who's already working in that sector or already has that role. And they will work with students to talk to them a little bit about their day-to-day, -day, what it entails, um, how to get into that industry, um, potentially help them with how to build a network as well to, to help them out with that. So mentoring schemes are really valuable if students are interested in that. And aside from that, we just run lots of workshops. So career services in lots of universities across the country will run um, specific workshops on things like how to write your CV, um, how to use LinkedIn, because that will be really new for students quite often, how to build a network on LinkedIn. Um, lots of universities now are embedding careers into their curriculum a lot more as well. So there might be lots of school-specific employer engagement events and, and workshops that are to do with employability skills, but that they might be more specific to the subject that the student is studying so I would say you know as I said at the beginning really explore get your you know say to your students when you get to university explore that career service really early on they're a friendly bunch um, our whole remit is to help people you know so we tend to be very friendly welcoming people so get in there nice and early and obviously, as an additional support here um, that's quite unique to UEA, we have the UEA Award. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So this is my, you know, my remit within UEA Career Central. I'm the UEA Award Officer. So I manage the UEA Award and it's an Employability Skills Award. Um, I'm about to talk about, obviously, the UEA Award specifically, but lots of universities now across the country offer Employability Skills Awards. So it's definitely something to talk to your students about. Um, so our award, it's quite unique um, compared to a lot of other university employability skills awards in that we make it incredibly flexible for our students in terms of the timescale they have to complete it, um, the kinds of students that we welcome onto the award. So anybody who's registered as a student at UEA can join the UEA award. Um, and the point of the award is to give students an opportunity to acknowledge all of the activities that they do and that they've done over the last couple of years to think about the kinds of skills that they've developed through taking part in those activities and experiences. And the skills that we look at and, and attributes that we look at on the UEA award are ones that graduate employers have told us they are looking for. And what we do on the award is we teach students how to be very specific in talking about those skills how exactly have you developed that skill within that activity? What did you as an individual do to develop that skill? And what element of that skill did you develop? So things like communication skills, 
you know, it's such a wide um, kind of ranging skill. And if you say, I'm a great communicator in an interview, you're not actually telling an employer much about yourself. So on the UEA award, they look at their activity. We break those skills down into specifics. So, you know, okay, you develop your communication skills. How did you do that? Was it through presentation and public speaking? Or did you have to write something coherently for a certain audience? It might just be that through group work as part of their course, they had to use negotiating skills and be diplomatic and work with people who work in different ways. So we help them to really get recognition for everything that they're already doing and to just become very, very self-aware about what their skills are, what they do really well, but also where their gaps are and you know how they can address that as well. So that really is the, the core um, part of the award. So in terms of the activities that they reflect on on this award, it can include their academic work, um, anything they've done work related, anything extracurricular, and also any career management activities. So we start to encourage them to approach us in the careers team um, and they can log, say, you know, an, an appointment with a careers advisor that they've had or if they've been to an employer engagement event. And they can backdate most of these activities to up to two years ago. And the reason we do that is because we know that, you know, students are very busy, they've got a on but they they do struggle with thinking you know I can't take on lots of new stuff right now but they need to understand that what they've already done really counts and that's what the award is all about so there are three stages of the award there's bronze silver and gold stages um, and at each stage students have to log so many hours worth of activity at the end of every stage as well they have a kind of final task if you like so at the end of bronze they have to submit their cv um, we can help them with building their cv if they haven't written one before but we have an ai program called cv 360 which is very similar to the programs that a lot of grad recruiters use they upload their cv it looks at their cv and it gives them lots of feedback on things like the structure of their cv any repetition any spelling errors grammar errors lots of those kind of things and it gives them a percentage score so it just gives them a really good idea of where they're at in terms of the quality of their CV at that time. Um, at the end of Silver, they make a three minute video CV, which they used to hate pre-COVID because they weren't used to recording themselves. Um, now we don't get many moans about it. I think everybody's so used to seeing themselves on a screen now. But the three minute video CV is an opportunity for them to talk about their award journey so far, talk about a couple of the activities that they've reflected on, the skills they feel they've developed and what they feel their next steps will be. And we send those videos off to employers. We have lots of employers who volunteer to help us with the award and the employers then give them feedback. And then at the end of their gold award, it's my favorite part of my job, which is the gold award panels. So they have to present for five minutes um, to a panel, including me, an employer and usually an academic or a careers advisor and they just talk about their award for five minutes highlights of their, their award the journey they feel they've been on in terms of the skills they've developed and their self-awareness and then we can ask them questions about it and really importantly actually they can ask us questions but the things that really come out of this are the confidence that they've built just through that reflective process and the employers that we work with always say you know the self-awareness that our students show when they've been through that process is so so valuable um so it's really interesting actually to kind of see the students go through that process but also how employers see our award students as well so that's the UEA award in in a nutshell and as I say you know I know that a lot of universities have their own employability skills awards as well so it's really good to flag that to your students and to get them looking out for that.
It sounds like an absolutely amazing opportunity for students to build on the transferable skills that they've gained from school and college and to, you know, further them and push that little bit more. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you very much. Email schools at uea.ac.uk to find out what we can do to support your school. That's it for this academic year on the podcast. Thanks very much for listening and thanks to Alex and Natalie for joining us. I will pop the details of that clearing session that Alex mentioned in the show notes or you can head to uea.ac.uk forward slash study forward slash tasters and you'll find all the details there. Have a great break and we'll see you in the autumn. That's it for this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures. We would absolutely love to hear from you. To book a visit, make a suggestion, or ask us a question, drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk. Thanks for joining us.